Welcome to another of the 10-Minute Coot Street Podcast. This is Gary Wolf, and today I'm talking with fellow Locust reviewer and journalist and author and and now well-known politician, Adrian Martini, <laughs> who, whose latest book is – no, I've got I, – I am envious of this. Um, Adrian's latest book is called Somebody's Gotta Do It, Why Cursing at the News Won't Save the Nation But Your Name on a Local Ballot Can. And not only got terrific reviews, but she got a shout out from Hillary Clinton, didn't she? I know. That was absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. I was um, just casually in my office at work uh-huh. um, and got a, like 10 texts right in a row from friends of mine saying, have you looked at Twitter lately? And I, huh. of course, said no, because I'm at work doing work stuff. Um. And yeah, so I kind of took the rest of the afternoon off just because I was so floored by the whole thing. So Hillary Clinton at least knew my name briefly, which is crazy. Did you ever find out how the book came to her attention? Um, I have some suspicions. Um, there was a review in the New York Times, and I suspect it might have come through that way. That's um, my public. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, but I don't know for certain. Well, we could spend a lot of time talking about local politics because living in Chicago for the last 50 years like I have, it's, it's I'm a lot more cynical about it than you are probably. <laughs> I mean, one of the things we, we can boast about in Chicago is that, or in Illinois for that matter, is that we've had an equal number of Democratic and Republican politicians go to prison. Um Whenever yes. they get the, the guy yep. who was my I, okay, I don't want to get off on this, but the guy who was like one of my good friends and who was my lawyer years ago, one of the liberal uh, progressive voices on the city council under uh, Mayor Daley, mm-hmm. um, years later got caught up in, in in a sting operation and spent some time in prison. I thought, okay, this is the most liberal guy I know, and even he's doing it. So yes. Oh, even in in New York State, you know, it's a pretty blue liberal state, but yeah. um, quite a few have gone to jail. So uh, it, it's it's not a party. Uh, you can be a criminal and be a Democrat. And be a Democrat, right, really expanding right. boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me, um, let me ask you to put your other hat on as a as a reviewer. As what what? How do you find yourself um, dealing with? this lockdown in terms of what you read. I know there are things like myself that you have to read for review, but what have you been reading that you really like? So I um, always have like one piece of nonfiction and one bigger piece of fiction that I'm Uh reading kind of simultaneously. Um, So I discovered nonfiction wise that Michael Palin had written a book about one of the first um, British excursions up to the Arctic and then down to the Antarctic and then back to the Arctic again, where the ship promptly uh, sank for reasons unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote it a couple of years ago and it's called Erebus or Erebus. I'm not sure. I think, exactly I think it's Erebus. It, but yeah. it's Erebus um, and it's sister ship, the terror. Um, and it's a fascinating story, mostly because Michael Palin's, you know, he's interested in everything. Yeah, and, and his interest conveys. Well, he did a travel TV series, didn't he? Uh, yep. Yeah, I okay. Absolutely. He's done a bunch of them. 
and I religiously watch them because I just find him fun. Um, so I picked that up. So it was fun to read about this, um, you know, adventure in the 1830s, 1840s, 1850s, uh-huh. um, and realizing how long some of these trips were. Like the Antarctic trip, they were gone for four years, and it just boggles the mind. I can't imagine what an Antarctic trip would have been like in the 1830s. Um, but the ship that yeah. there, this yeah, isn't the still- same. This isn't the same ship that is, is the terror in the Dan Simmons novel in the TV miniseries, is it? Uh, you know, oh, it actually might have been. I didn't make that connection until just now. Hmm. Because I know. Did, ship- did, did it run aground in uh, the frozen north? Yeah. Well, the the, the uh, I think they finally found the ruins of the terror somewhere in. Uh, very far northern Canada and in Inuit yeah. territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. then it is the same. Wow, that's this great. This was just I... about its sister ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all, all you see about the ship, I mean, because of, probably because of Dan Simmons's novel, is uh, just that one adventure. So I had no idea what had been going on with the ships in previous years. Mm-hmm. So what else have you got? So what else have I got? Well, there's a book coming up, fiction-wise, um, and it's not coming out till mid-July, but it's the first time in a long time I fell into a book that I was um, just kind of plucked off the shelf randomly uh-huh. that I expected to enjoy, but really just completely and utterly fell into. And it's uh, Mary Robinette Kowal's The Relentless Moon, which continues the Lady Astronaut series. Ah. Um, and while I've enjoyed her books generally, I haven't found them like completely immersive. Uh-huh. This one, which is set on the moon, as you might think, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a locked room mystery, sort of, with science and astronauts and mm. women as heroes. Um, very smart women who can solve very complicated problems as heroes, which was really fascinating. And there's an epidemic that happens, so maybe it was just a, an accident of timing that I was well-primed for that. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I found it absolutely impossible to put down. It's one of the few books in a long time that I stayed up way too late reading. And that's your favorite of the Lady Astronaut series, I suspect, then. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I find them enjoyable, but this is the first time uh-huh. that I've really just been over, pardon the pun, over the moon about them. Great. So. Um, do you have anything that you just uh, turn to in times of stress, like rereads? Or, a, a number of people I've talked to uh, talk about mystery novels that they've right. read, and I, that seems to be, is that a comfort food for you? Uh, no. Not mystery so much, but it's, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm the, living the cliche, but when um, there are troubling, troubled times, I turn to Robert Heinlein. Um, oh, okay. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's more, more kind of that's what I grew up reading when I was a teenager, and that's really what hooked me into science fiction. Um, and even though I know there are some, there are books that are problematic, um, I find it really comforting to go back to um, Friday is one of my favorites. 
Um, and again, problematic. Well, it's so problematic, although, to be honest, Friday got a lot more flack for its cover illustration, I think, than it did yes. for text. Yes, but the thing is, though, I insist on the one with that cover illustration, the Michael Whelan cover yeah. illustration, because that is the one that I remember from yeah, of being a teenager. Um, or uh, I really like the Lazarus Long books. Um, they, it just feels like sitting around with a good friend that you knew as a kid. Right. And this um, is, and they haven't changed at all. Um, this is, it's, it's an interesting choice there because you're, you're kind of right on the cusp of, uh, when I think Heinlein got really undisciplined. I know. Uh, and, and I know, I, I know. Yeah. But, uh, but I think the other thing, and it's something also that I think Farrah Mendelssohn's book on Heinlein made clear. Mm-hmm. All of these things that are problematical are more complicated than they at first seem. Uh, oh, I mean, always. Yeah, his attitude toward women is not as simple as some of the <laughs> weird remarks. You can take remarks out of context, but then uh, he he was a very thoughtful writer, even when he sort of went off the rails toward the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so interesting because you get into that whole conversation of, or it's interesting to think about what he would write now um Mm -hmm. against our backdrop um because it was a different you know you can't expect him to know things that really weren't being talked about culturally yet um so it's true you know it's an interesting thought experiment and you also have something else in common with he got involved in local politics early in his career i gather not very successful yes no, um, I'm also decidedly less of a libertarian. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Well, I actually uh, think we should have fire departments and social services, and you know. I know one of the things that I keep uh, thinking about uh, now and then when when I see these extreme proposals is uh, is Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, where you have to hire your own fire department and your own yeah jail and your own police departments and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Well, the third third thing we talk about, and I've already mentioned uh, your your uh, latest book. Uh, what have you got coming up mm-hmm. that we should be looking for? Oh my gosh, that everything right now is kind of about the book. Um, well, the my latest book is or it came out at the very beginning of March, like okay. the week before New York State at least went into lockdown. Um, and because I'm also in the local government, my focus has been about that. Um, oh, yeah. About the virus and, and um, not just public health, but now we're dealing with our case number has dropped off significantly. But now we're dealing with kind of the economic fallout. And that that is um, severe. So we're just navigating our way through. Well, Good luck with that. Um, again, the title of the Thank book. Thank you. Is, we're okay, we're yeah, going to well, need it. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the, the point that you're making throughout the book is that uh, you, you actually, when change occurs, it has to occur at the local level. And that seems yep. to be more the case with this latest pandemic than ever. It seems to me that uh, city and county officials that you've never heard of before are now showing up on television. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we have the best sense of what's going on um, in our immediate area. And that's exactly. where people are getting sick, you know. 
All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, the the title of the book is Somebody's Got to Do It. Why cursing at the news won't save the nation, but your name on a local ballot can. And in Adrian's other world, you should read and subscribe to to Locus. It's great to talk definitely. to a fellow reviewer. Um, so thanks for being oh, with yeah. us. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And this has been thanks the for having me. Podcast and oh yeah, okay, bye. Bye bye. Okay, I'm going to stop recording.